The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown of what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. So how's everybody's week going? Mine's been a, a little up and down. I've had a... Um... Just, I, I ran into this incident, and I don't really want to go into specifics, but I ran into this incident where a safe place became a very unsafe place very quickly. And that's difficult because it feels like something that was a place uh, that brought me a lot of peace and a place that was safe to go to to enjoy nature. Mm. Um, it's it's where my wife and I were married right um you know it's just uh it was always a really safe place and um in short I mean we were almost ushered off at gunpoint so wow yeah yeah so um feeling violated that's really it it is it is I feel I feel like something's been taken away I feel like you know it's just more of that world of bitchy people mm-hmm. controlling bullshit yeah infringing on my peace place yeah you know like it just so that's for me it feels like that's done you know I need to find something else now and you've been around that place I mean for a long time yeah since 1996 yeah wow yeah wow so it felt like home oh it's and, very much it's always been a second home yeah 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 yeah, that's a total violation that feels violating. Yeah. That's sad. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so I've I've been I've been working with that, struggling with that a bit. Um but on a on an up note, I've gotten a lot of stuff done this week mm-hmm. because um so this had just happened. We're we're talking on a Monday, this happened on a Saturday. So prior to that, um we've had really, really amazing weather. Yeah, I've uh, been able to get out, get a lot of stuff done. A lot of that stuff that I had meant to do before it got too cold. Right. right. Um, so I plastic the whole front of the house. Oh, the whole nice. front of the house now is the whole porch area is all enclosed and in plastic. Nice. Um, it looks horrible from the outside, but but it's gonna serve the purpose for well, the winter. <laughs> and you know what's amazing is that it it's almost like a hot room. Oh yeah. 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 So it's not just going to support us as far as the draftiness, because we have old windows. Right. But it could potentially support us with heat. Oh, the, yeah. Oh. Because of the sun coming through? Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. Like yeah. the greenhouse nice. effect. Yeah. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. So that wall will now be warm mm-hmm. as opposed to being cold. That's cool. That is yeah. cool. So, I mean, I'm hoping it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I bought two rolls of plastic. I think they were 20 bucks a piece, $40 worth of plastic. Mm-hmm. It was worth the experiment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the biggest part that I struggle with is the ladder work. Oh, yeah. Because I live on a hill. <laughs> and one side of the house is super duper accessible, easy to get to. I can almost touch the roof with right. my hands if it's get on my tippy toes right. right 
The other side is 20 feet off the ground. Right. <laughs> so it, it really it really is a challenge sometimes for yeah. those of us that don't like heights. But I've had to do it several times recently. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I'm going to be looking into a ladder that will do it. Because yeah. the current ladder I have is only 15 feet. So not quite tall right. enough to really yeah, do that. Yeah, five feet off. And now, if you don't like heights, that's scary. Right. That doesn't yeah. feel safe. Right. Yeah. And you had just done, like, you guys had just repainted all of that, right? You know, chipped it Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, redid, we redid the whole porch. Yeah. So this kind of will also protect that. Right. Hopefully. Nice. Very nice. So how about you guys? Oh, geez. What have I been up to? Well, we finished, um, when I say we, I mean Ed. <laughs> and Zoo wasn't me. I had no part of it. But Eddie got out there on um, Saturday, which was a beautiful day. And he finished the soffits on one side of the house so that nice. that got closed in so that's good because you know squirrels mice things can get up climb the wall and get up into your house through Absolutely. the soffits so um he got that done and we really just enjoyed that warm it was like summer. It, it was well, like yeah, seventy it was, it was, degrees yeah. down in my place. Absolutely. Yeah, it went from being thirty and snowing to being seventy like within two days. Yeah. Right. That was one of the other struggles that I had was my body uh-huh. did yeah. not adjust to that. Well. No, yeah. no, mine didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it so felt it, hot. It took me a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. But we play I played with a dog outside, ran some errands. Um just for Michael. I went down and got him and scooted him around. Then, you know, we just hung out at the house, but just enjoyed the outside. Right. And then, yeah, I haven't really been up to anything new or exciting, which is exciting to just have the status quo. Yeah, that that's been nice because I've been so like all over the place for a while having all the stuff. So I actually had uh, I had a really couple of a couple of cool things that happened. So. Uh, and then a, a scary thing. So, like, um, we'll start with <laughs> it that was one Halloween. First. Yeah, well, it was Halloween. Yeah, no. Uh, so, I, uh, I'm i doing therapy, and um, I went to a therapy appointment, and they're like, oh, blah, 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 you know, are you ready to pay the $110 copay? And I was like, well, nope, was not ready for that yet. And what had been going on is my, my insurance company had been allowing anything that had to do with therapy or whatnot. They were paying for it completely because of COVID and, and uh, all of this stuff. And I thought I was still within that space. Apparently not. Uh, because the next week, it had jumped from 110 to 550 because there had the last five my eyes just went bright wide open right so the last five the last five sessions were not paid for by the insurance company but i didn't get anything from it and so like now so um i went into my new therapy session i was like hey uh so we have to do some housekeeping first (laughs) this is the deal this is what i can afford this is what i cannot afford right now so um the the place that I'm going for therapy is going to work with me, which is fine. They're they're all they're all good with it, yeah. uh, and I'm I'm changing over to every other week as opposed to every week, and with the option of potentially going every three weeks as opposed to, you know, um, so that that. Do you feel people, like you are going to get the same out of it? Um, I you know I don't know, and I I was really enjoying the growth and the the you know, the continuation every week of, you know, revisiting and and moving through. Yeah. Uh, And the last, not the last one, but the the time before that, the session before that, it was really just a, an interesting uh, comment that my therapist had made about moving from um, the trauma, you know, and, and, and I had realized that I had, I had been blaming my mom for so long for a lot of this stuff. And then I had started blaming the trauma. You know, like, this is the thing. And he said, you know, we need to get you from... The next step is to go from from there to it just being something that happened to you. You know, and, yeah. and this is how you reacted and this is how you continue to react. But, you know, and uh, I went like, okay, cool. And it was like one of the last things he said. And I drove home because it's like an hour from, from where I live. And I'm like, huh. And it just like clicked, you know. It was just, yeah. it was, it was just this really cool breakthrough that has brought me a lot of peace. 
and and so there I'm assuming that stuff will still be there it's just going to be a little longer between times I'm going to keep some better records you know like I'm actually going to go back to um, to uh, journaling at yeah. least you know a couple of times a week just to kind of like keep things in mind but um, we'll see I mean I, financially that's what I have to do right now so that's that's what I will do and I don't want to stop because that would be that's right. what, that you know I'm I'm really getting something out of this which is really cool, but I'm surprised they don't have some sort of financial help or something. Well, like and there that. might be so that that might be yeah. something that happens and and basically what it is is my insurance which is a really a good plan um, will only pay like normally it's two hundred and ten dollars a session you know so they're paying they're they're I get a special discount because they're not they're still not paying anything right now and they won't until. I reach my deductible, which is like $2,500. Right. So um, I do have some money in that, like in an HSA type thing that, yeah, that I yeah. pulled out. Um, not that much because I was not planning on, I was, I was not planning on therapy at this point in my life. I was not planning on these things, but um, it will at least take care of that and then a little extra so that I can kind of catch up and do the things Good. that I just do. Um, if they will cover that, it's not... I don't know if they'll consider that a medical expense because that's the only thing that I can use it for. For HSA? Yeah, for an HSA um, or whatever it is. So you haven't tried it yet? I haven't tried it yet. No, I have to contact them and uh, so I have to find my paperwork for that, um, which I put... I I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. I I can't imagine either. HSA is typically, I mean, even the most strictest ones, as long as your insurance is involved in it. Yeah. That it pays. Okay, good. Okay, so that's awesome. So it's attached to your insurance. Okay. Um, I've had I've had experiences with HSAs that were very liberal. Uh huh. You know, you could go and you could buy a hundred dollars worth of ibuprofen. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Okay. You know, you could buy supplements. You could buy um, massage sessions. Oh, good. Oh, cool. Um, you know, therapeutic <laughs> massage sessions. Right. Not, right. Not anything un. Untowardly, right? <laughs> right. Uh, that can so, be very. Couldn't get that off from like right. you know the that internet can be or anything, right? Yeah, yeah you know it can I mean? be a Craigslist, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so <laughs> it, it's so I've experienced that, and then the the card that Jessica has currently is the strictest I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. and it it covers anything that your insurance is involved with. Okay, cool. So it would cover dental because she has dental insurance, yep. vision because she has vision insurance, and then anything associated with her medical insurance, okay, which cool. would be the therapy yep. um, and that kind of stuff. So I, I can't imagine it would. Good. That's yeah. good to that, know. That is really good. That, that, and I haven't freaked out about it. I'm like, there, yeah. was, there was an initial eh, but there was, uh, you know, I haven't really freaked out about it because I've got, you know, I'm, I'm actually fairly good right now, you know, as far as things go, as, as yeah. far as the way life is working. Um, I did have a really cool thing that happened on top of all that, which cool. will also help with this. Um, I, so I've decided that I really kind of like the reselling things, so I am, and we talked about it, like I had gotten a bunch of things, I'm actually yeah. getting back into the reselling things. So I've, I've been doing some listing, and I've been doing some, um, some sourcing, and I, I went into one of the area Goodwills, and I was literally just a walk-in, walk-out. I had like 15 minutes, you know, it's, it's, and I've been timing myself because I will spend all day there. You know, I will oh, look. Yeah. I will look yeah. at the same stuff over and over and over and over again, and and then sit there and say, Ed, just go home. You've seen everything. Well, they might put something new out. You know, I'm waiting oh, for them to come God. out. Right. I, I do that. Yeah. So so like I <laughs> when I go in now, I like set a, a half hour timer, and that keeps me you know within about a forty five minute window. So like I stop at half an hour. I look up anything that I need to look up, and then I leave. You know, but I found this cup, this teacup, right? It was yeah. three dollars, right? And I look it up, and I'm like, oh, I turned it over, and I was three like, three dollars? That's right. an expensive teacup. Yeah, you have so, no idea how expensive that teacup yeah. actually is. So I put it. I saw it. I turned it over, and I was like, oh, it's an Ainsley. I know that that's a, a name because I like that sort of thing. So I I looked it up, and it was selling between a hundred and fifty and. $300 actually. Nice. Uh, right. So I, I brought it home um, and it had some marring. So it wasn't in perfect condition when I when I went to go enlist it. But so I, I put it up for 125 and uh, I set, which I will probably never do again, I set 
uh, an automatic bid acceptance for a hundred dollars. So if somebody if somebody said oh, yeah. right, it sold within an hour. Like I, I put it up late one night. <laughs> I went to bed. I got up to go pee, and I looked at the my my phone, and it had three things from eBay, and it was like da 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 da, and it sold for a hundred dollars within an hour to this person in China. Wow. So I was like all stoked yeah. about that, you know. So that's like exciting, you know, and 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 that's that's also like. It's uh, encouragement to continue, you know, when things yes. like that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of nifty. So I've got a bunch of stuff that I'm putting up later today and whatnot. And so, it and it's fun for me. Like, it's fun for me. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So that's my, that's my week. One of my kids does that, and he's like, you know, I wake up to my phone going, ka-ching, ka-ching. Right. Because it's going off, and what he hears is... The old-fashioned cash register. Right. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Right. And he'll get on and check it, and, oh, yeah, it's money coming in. It's a, He's like, I can't tell you how good that feels. Yeah. I bet. I bet. <laughs> you I know, bet. to go to bed and know that the money is still coming in. Right. And all of the, like, all of the things that I listen to surrounding business and getting your business up and going, if you can't make money while you're sleeping... Find a way to make money while you're sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. So the holidays are coming up. And I think, I mean, we've just talked about boundaries in the last couple of weeks. We've talked about reacting versus acting within the last couple of weeks. So think today would be a really great time to talk about like a a holiday toolkit because we right. all have <laughs> how do you survive it <laughs> right yes. i mean we all have have those people in our in our families that are you know triggering or even friend groups that are triggering for us yeah yeah um and you know navigating some of those holiday gatherings although with COVID, I don't know exactly how those are all going to look this year. But yeah. Oh, I'm sure families will still be dysfunctional. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Whether or not they're I don't think COVID can take care of that. And they're right? still going to put those demands that you need to be here and you need to bring the pie and God, you need to do this. 2020, they'll probably be like stabbing people that don't bring pies or something. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah. got to be 10 times worse than normal, right? Right. It's 2020. Yeah. Right. So I know for me, a lot of times, depending on which side of the family or who's going to be there that I know is going to, that I know is going to be there, you know, it's almost like this Mission Impossible theme goes off in my head where I'm like, dun, 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 you know, like, who do I, who am I avoiding? <laughs> who am I going with? Go find the safe person. Yeah. Right, exactly. So we're going to talk about some, some pre-planning. Yeah, um, yeah, I can bring that in. So that would the, be perfect. The, a couple, okay, three different stages we'll talk about here. We'll talk about pre-planning. We'll talk about the boundaries while you're there and we'll talk about what to do afterwards. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that struggle with, you know, going home or interacting in groups or family during the holidays, there are several things you can do to plan to go. You can think of like what Ed said, you know, are there people there that I can connect with? Right. Maybe people there that I can trust or, you know, think the way that I think or, you know, understand maybe the family dysfunction and can be a, a person with a life vest with you, you know, <laughs> right. that kind yep. of a thing. Um, so that's that's one of the great things you can do. There's also, um, you guys are going to talk about this later, there's, you know, different material you can take to kind of support yourself. But in pre-planning... Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of drugs. In pre-planning, what you're really wanting to do is you're really wanting to give yourself permission to set boundaries, mm -hmm. right? You want to give yourself permission to maybe take your own vehicle so that if it does become uncomfortable, you have the option to leave, right? So you're giving yourself permission before you even get there to leave if it's uncomfortable, right? Right. You may think about things like, uh, do I want to, you know, drink or do I not want to drink? You know, right. like how does that affect my ability to then leave if I get uncomfortable? Or how does that affect my comfort level with the other people who may be drinking? Or how to navigate that. Yes, you may become exactly. more reactive if you're drinking. Right. right. Exactly. Know? Right. How do I behave when that happens? Right. Yeah. You know, and then there's the people like me who want to have a drink because it'll be 
more fun. Right. <laughs> so you, you got to add that into the equation too. You know, what's the cost? Of the, what's the benefit? But basically, depending on your situation, with the pre-planning, you're going to be looking at what may happen. And from outside the situation, when you're hanging out at home, what you would give yourself permission to do in that event. Right? Okay. Right. So when I get there, if Aunt Sally comes out of the corner and says, oh, how you doing? Have you gotten over your rape story yet? Right. Yes. I've already given myself permission. If I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to leave. Right. If I'm uncomfortable enough that I need support, I have this family member I can go to for support. Mm -hmm. You know, or have I planned for Aunt Sally to do that because she's done it the other 40 times? So have I planned to say back to her, no, I haven't, and go fuck yourself. Right. You know, I mean, what what boundary are you willing to do? And are you willing to set a boundary, maybe in an aggressive way? If right? that's necessary, yeah. Maybe that's you've necessary. been waiting for years to say this to Aunt Sally. So you're going to say it. But you can do that preparation ahead of time so that in the moment of it, you're not having to figure that stuff out, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So that's a lot of the pre-planning. A lot of the pre-planning is just kind of imagining what could happen and then how your healthy self would react to that. Right. Right? So then when you're there and you're setting boundaries, right, you're not attached, like we had talked about in the other boundary episode, you're not attached to how they're responding. So when you're there, it's having the integrity to say, okay, I need to leave, right? right? That's when you're setting your boundaries. Okay, I need to tell Aunt Sally to fuck off. You know, whatever it is, those are the boundaries where you're then having the integrity to act on them. And by planning ahead of time and having these thoughts in your mind, because, you know, people act habitually so you know aunt sally is going to come up and do this right. more than likely yeah you can do this more actively versus reactively it absolutely won't, won't hopefully be as triggering absolutely. or you know how to deal with it right you may right. be able to say it to aunt sally instead of screaming right mm-hmm. exactly um but in in addition to what you're saying you're also um pointing out that people typically react the same way right mm-hmm. So even if you plan when you go there, I'm going to set this boundary with Aunt Sally. Right. right? And you don't. Right. You just cower, you know, or you, you just ignore her and go to a different room or you cry. You right. Know, you break down. You're uncomfortable. At that point, you can choose to set the boundary because yeah. you're now aware that it's kind of gotten overwhelming. Yeah. Right. And you've got the boundaries in front of you, so you don't need, really need to make a choice. You can just decide. Yeah. And that'll make it easier if you're in that situation. But the reality is that you're right. Most of us are going to respond the same way that we normally do. Right. So when we're setting a boundary, that integrity is for us to respond differently. But that doesn't always work that way. No, no, we are people. (laughs) Right, and that's why the the third part, the post, you know, Mm. uh, recovery, if you will, of the situation is to not only validate what you did well, but to validate your hurt around what you did not do well with. Right. Right. To validate, yes, I, I cried in front of everybody because I was hurt, you know, and it's sad. Like, or, you know, I was mad at myself because I didn't fight back or whatever. And you have to, you have to come to peace with that. You have to accept it and you have to love yourself for being that. And that's what a lot of that recovery piece is, is it's finding that love for yourself. And while you're doing it, nurturing yourself, you know, like taking that time to, you know, take a long bath or watch a movie, or smoke a joint, or, you know, go for a walk in the woods. Like, do whatever it is that brings you peace Mm -hmm. so that you have space there to give yourself that forgiveness, that compassion, and that love that you deserve. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's sort of the the Mm. pre, 
during and post boundaries that that can be really helpful to establish and to um, pre-plan. And then there are tools, right? literal, physical tools that we can use that can help us even in going. So before we go, we can give ourselves those positive affirmations. We can pick a crystal. What would that sound like? I am worthy of being treated well. Yeah, that one's an important <clears throat> Yeah. Or I am worthy of leaving if I'm not treated well. Yes, absolutely. But knowing that you are worthy of doing what it is that that is best for you. And the positive affirmations are really good practices because the more we hear it and the more we say it, the more your mind will begin to believe it. So this Christmas... You may not be at a place where you believe truly in your mind that you're worthy of being treated well and you are worthy of leaving and exiting that family event if you're not being treated well. But if you do this every day between now and this coming Christmas and then again all year, you know what? By next year, you may really be able to stand by your boundaries a little better, you know? Right. Just through the act of changing your words to change your mind. Yeah, and, absolutely. And to change your belief. So positive affirmations, again, aren't one of those things that will, oh, I said it all week and it didn't work, so I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> right. It takes time to change that mindset about yourself and who you are and how you feel about you. Yeah, and to create that muscle. I would imagine that with every decision, if you're focusing on that throughout a whole year you're probably making a lot more decisions that reflect that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the big decisions, yeah. it's a lot easier to do it because you've practiced all these micro decisions. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So positive affirmations are a great tool to incorporate into our lives, not just for the holidays, right. but for every day yeah, to absolutely. help us maneuver with all the different people the cashier at the grocery store That's who's what I was on her feet. Like, you know, right. you go to a store and somebody's rude. You yeah. Know, like, I don't, I'm not going to shop here. Right. You know, she's been on her feet all day and she might snap at you or whatever. But if you've been practicing that worthiness, then you can make that decision of whether you choose to stand there and continue to have her check your groceries out or think, oh, maybe I'm just going to leave my groceries and, and go and and not feel bad right and that's that they have that work because you've set that boundary that you're worthy of being treated well and that's what you're going to accept um if you're told that you're unworthy all your life you begin to believe it so you have to start to tell yourself that you are worthy right right to begin to believe it right and to act that way so one of the things that i like to do and and i do this throughout my, my day-to-day life is I know, and I, Laurie, I know you do too, and, and Jason, to a certain extent, you as well. I carry stones with me. Yes. You know, so crystals are one of my things. Now, some people, it's it's essential oils. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll put on specific scents that, that bring them peace and calm and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, for me, it's crystals. So for me, in my pockets, when I'm going to go to like a family situation, I make sure to have uh, usually some rainbow obsidian, yes. um, which, which helps keep out that, that negative emotion, um, yeah. some hematite, um, again for that, but also to kind of be empowering for mm-hmm. myself and then some rose quartz, because that's important. That brings in a lot of love for me. And so sometimes I'll be having a conversation and I'll just have my hand in my pocket, you know, fiddling with these stones. Yeah. Yeah. Rubbing and, them is right. soothing in itself. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it'll, you know the types of stones may or may not matter but to me they do and and i'm like oh this is my this is my rose quartz okay edward remember that you love yourself remember that it doesn't matter what they're thinking or what they're talking about right now mm-hmm. it just yeah. matters that you're you know you're in a good space mm-hmm. um and and it could be anything it could be like your grandfather's watch it could be you know whatever yeah, it is that, that brings you into that yeah. sense of peace when Physical i prompt that's what that's called yeah. yeah we talked about this back when we were doing the chakras but uh, my solar plexus mm-hmm. was excessively energetic. <laughs> and so I learned that. We learn that. We mm-hmm. learn how to carry energy by that which we come from, right? So, Like your chakra and your solar yeah, plexus? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So my entire family, we have an excess of energy there, which means we're loud, boisterous, obnoxious, opinionated, blah, 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 blah. You know, all of those things. Yeah. 
So when I am going into a situation where I know I'm going to be dealing with with people that are overactive that way, I always take my carnelian. Mm. It's not so that I have the courage to stand up for myself. It's so that I have the courage not to. Is carnelian about courage? It is. It's oh, courage. Okay. It's strength. <laughs> it's very grounding. It's yep. it's very rooted. It's having that passion for life, for your life, for right. your nice. well-being. So, you know, in in my situation, we could all react obnoxiously all day and fight for 18 hours. No one would get tired. So <laughs> in changing my world to have my best life, my, my goal is to not react that way and not be in that space. So the carnelian for me is having the courage to not yeah. act like that because that's the role I was in for all those years. So... For me, courage is, for me, true courage is being able to be offended Mm -hmm. and it's being able to be hurt, uh, even humiliated and angered and not act out irrationally. And not internalize it. And not internalize it. And that carnelian is great. And, and, you know, I, I wear jewelry, so I'll put in the carnelian earrings, and I'll put on the carnelian pendant, and I'll throw the carnelian in the pocket, but carnelian. And I always like to take black tourmaline mm-hmm. with me, because the black tourmaline repels negativity, right? Yep. But it's incredibly grounding, and if I'm well-grounded, and I can be logical, and that logical place is where I won't react illogically. Right. So that's that's something I like that carnelian and that black tourmaline. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good stuff for me. So another part of my pre planning is most of these um most of my family events my sister goes to. And my sister is usually a pretty not always, but usually a safer place for me. You know, so like I can sit there and go, hey kiddo because that's what i'll call her you know, yeah. hey kiddo you want to go have a cigarette or you want to go you know or i want to yeah. go take a, a walk or whatever yeah so like if, if things get overwhelming you know and it may be your significant other it may be a, a cousin or just a specific member of your family mm. that hopefully won't enable because that's a thing too you know sometimes right but will mm. at least you be don't like, want a trauma bond with right someone. right exactly right. you want a healthy yeah, yeah something yeah. that's more healthy you know and go hey you know you want to go do something i just need to take a walk or you know if anybody asks i'm going to take a walk which leads into like taking the space for yourself yeah you know so like my family events usually last over the course of a week mm. or sometimes just a weekend wow but you know, oh, wow. yes, because, well, <laughs> we're far flung. A week, yeah, right. whoa. You know, so like this summer, I got together with various group, various members of my family, and my mother came. That was not okay for me. It, it became very difficult for me, so my, my sister was, was helpful in that, but I also had a couple of cousins which, um, or who, uh, learned about some of the trauma that happened like they 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 were pretty close anyway and they learned about some of the trauma so they were very helpful in mitigating like some of that pieces you you know Mm -hmm. with my mother those interactions with my mother which was very very helpful for me yeah they were safe people for me yeah and that's so important no wonder you spent all that time on the boat Right? Well, no, it was hot and it was summer and it was lovely, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and Ma was on shore, so well, it was even yeah, so, more lovely. I was say, I don't think Ma goes on a boat. Well, she'll go on a boat. She just won't go swimming. Like, that's like her thing. I mean, she did a little bit, but like, my mother doesn't swim. So, like, we'd all go out. And of course, I'm the first one in the water. And, uh, you know, my right. mother is safely on the boat, which is always wonderful, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. I mean, you know, you're, we're, I say this all the time, we're not solitary creatures. We're right? not. You know, and the more you can connect with somebody, the more safer you'll feel. Yeah. As long as you're, you know, you focus on your connection being healthy. Right. Right. And not like the trauma bonding or, yeah. or the enmeshment, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I was curious, you, Lori talked about the solar plexus chakra. Yeah. Is there any, like... Is there? I know with the heart chakra, that's one of the ones that you connect with other people. Yes. With. So when you're in a family setting, is there something you can do with that chakra too? One of the things that I like to do is project love. I know a lot of people will talk about um, 
sometimes cutting these cords or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I find that love's very healing. So if I'm projecting love, and if you're working with your heart chakra, that helps you be logical. Right. Yeah, I know everybody thinks that's a feeling, but those feelings help your brain be more logical. So projecting love, even when you want to jack slap someone. (laughs) It will help you. To not jack slap them. It's an important one for me to work with because I told you my solar plexus ends up being excessively, you know, overactive. So, yeah, that's a thought. Maybe I should just jack slap this person and they'll be okay. But that doesn't usually work that way. They'd probably jack slap me back and, you know, um, so projecting love and doing that when I'm walking away. Right, right. See, I'm I'm the opposite. So for me, <laughs> um, it it tends to be more of a pr- protective mode. Uh-huh. So I won't close the chakra. I won't visualize the chakra closing all the way, but I will visualize it smaller and and partially closed, so that I won't feel attacked. And so, like when you're working with when I'm working with my chakra system, then what I tell people remember to reopen it. <laughs> you know, like to, to 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 be aware that it is still full of love. But in that closing, being aware that I love myself, you mm-hmm. know, feeling that love there. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm in those situations, I will put my hand on my chest and just kind of like almost block that chakra because that's where I connect with people. But that's also where the trauma connects too. I mean, like can mm-hmm. connect there, can connect in your sacral chakra, in your stomach, you know, area. But can connect to anywhere. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It definitely can. So I'll do that on a semi regular basis. I'll just, you know, rest my hand on my chest or sometimes on my stomach and I'm like, yeah, do 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 to remind myself one, that I'm protected and loved, but also to to kind of stop that energy from coming in as somebody's like making me feel like shit or trying to make me feel mm-hmm. like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously it doesn't matter about them. It did you know. Yeah. And that buys me the time to think logically so that I can extricate myself from the situation. Yeah. Leave and set that boundary. And the other yeah. cool thing about you doing that is, and I just got to bring this up, is we all have the ability to heal. Absolutely. Energetically. And, you know, healing with our hands. I mean, why do you think people instantaneously touch what hurts? It's because we know instinctively, even though it's not brought up in conversation a lot, we know instinctively that we can heal ourselves. So as you say that you put your hand on your heart, I, I think of you as like, Yep. Heal, giving yourself that healing too while Absolutely. you're at it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if your knee hurts, you automatically touch your knee. We we always touch what hurts. Right. So I always I I'm like, yeah. So he's protecting himself and healing himself all at the same time. And one of the things that we we really haven't talked about, where we talked about the the boundary issue or the not the boundary issue, but the boundaries, is truthfully, I've done this. Don't go. I mean, that, that yeah. could be part of your pre-planning. You Absolutely. Know? And if you need to make an excuse because it will make yourself feel better, then do so. But, you know, that's also a, a thing. There have been some family gatherings that I'm like, no, I'm too busy, you know, mm-hmm. or I have to work. Even though it's not necessarily a time that I do work, but, you know, that's, yeah. that's where that goes for me. Um, yeah, sometimes you just got to choose you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah, I, that means I have at home. Yeah, making a turkey breast instead of a turkey. Then yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I haven't gone to a family reunion in sixteen years. Right, it's a choice I make. But the family that I do decide to connect with, we're not perfect. So there's still those moments, you know. Oh yeah, taking care of ourselves afterwards. The post-care. Yeah. That's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where you're working with all the judgment Mm -hmm. in addition to whatever the initial problems and boundaries were. Right. That's where you can go home and you can feel absolutely deflated. So even if you have made all of these choices before you go and you've set your plan in motion and you've been prepped so you don't allow in that moment the Aunt Sally to, you know, tear you to shreds and you've maneuvered away from it, it's not unusual for our ego to then kind of go, oh, fucking Aunt Sally, what a bitch, (laughs) you know? Or to feel completely exhausted from... Totally depleted. The acrobats, the acrobatics that that you've, you know, put yourself through to, you know, connect with some people. Because it's work. 
It is. Because it is work. All of it is work. Yep. So when you come home and you feel deflated or you start to feel mad on the drive home, first you feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Jason and I have talked about this. Yeah. Like you feel good. It's like, yeah, I've made these choices and I'm feeling good. And then you're halfway home and you go, can't believe they said that to me again. Like, why do they always try to hurt me? Or, or, you know, why, why do these people that I come from find me so unlovable that they right. want to hurt me every time I see them? What else do we do for like post care? I do a lot of different stuff, man. When it comes to that self care, post care, self nurturing, you know, it is uh, my crystals. Mm-hmm. How about just taking a bath in them? Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> I will go home and I'll touch every crystal after having a bad experience or a bad day or a day that doesn't feel good to me. I light incense because aroma therapy is really good for me. It brings me to a space of calm. Yeah. So I light incense with a Palo Santo, which I love the smell of the Palo Santo. Yeah. Um, sage too. You know, I'll light it all. I'll, my whole house will be a, a smoky, like, smoky. Yeah. <laughs> but I find it really nice. I use the essential oils because anything that smells lovely to me, um, I'll light a candle and focus on the flame. I find the flame beautiful. I also find it relaxing and it helps still me. I personally love a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. When I get into that water, the heat relaxes the body. I kind of practice the breathing, you know, to calm myself. Often I'll take all of those tools into the tub with me because I'm a big bath person. Right. So, you know, light a candle, light my incense. I'll throw the rose quartz in the tub with me. Um, I use the the Himalayan salt with the essential oils and you know just those things for me comfort I want to be comfort comforted I want to be nurtured right so cuddle with the dog cuddle with the dog get out into fuzzy pajamas curl up in a blanket you know feel that like uh, that safeness from the blanket that love yeah yeah Uh, things like that and then I I really work to tell myself that whoever has said something stupid doesn't know any better because they were taught to be that way and they were taught to be that way and it's not a reflection of me. It really is a reflection of what they're going through and not healed through. So I have to tell myself that. Or I would think that I was the one that isn't lovable. And my ego wants to tell me that. My ego wants to tell me all the things that are wrong with me and... So I really have to work on those positive affirmations and tell yeah. myself. Yeah. When I leave the situation, if it's been specifically bad, I mean, like, I know we're painting these very large pictures. I mean, most family events are not, like, either absolutely horrible or absolutely wonderful. There's a mix, you know, right. with everything. But if it's been specifically bad, um, I, I I bathe in a little sound therapy. Like, I usually have a, a drive from a family yeah. event, and, and so I will, you know, turn up the radio as loud as it will go. And I've yeah. got a decent sound system in my car. Nice. And uh, sometimes it's inspirational, lovely, you know, whatever yeah. music, instrumental, but... Sometimes it's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Until I can feel okay and then switch to the nicer music that yeah. makes me feel good afterwards, you know. Um, and that's a that's a big one for me is, you know, that, that sound therapy when I when I leave, I really want to, you know, yeah. bathe in those those vib- those vibrations. Yeah, I used to crank um I used to crank Zach Wilde's Why Do You Do the Things That You Do? <laughs> yep. And then the other one is, um, what's the one? It's like he's he's really hating on him and, and wishing him like all of this. I used to play that, you know. There's a song that goes, fuck you, fuck you yeah, very, yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah. 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 like that one there. So yeah. yeah, get the aggression out if you need to. Buckle up for this segment of Off the Rails. As a chef... <laughs> And as the holidays are coming up, yes. we, we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago where it would be interesting to see like some of the things that people ate. La cuisine. <clears throat> La cuisine, you know. Like during the holidays, during Thanksgiving, during, you know, whatever. This is yeah. going to gross me out. This is, it? oh, this is, it grossed me out. I'm so, excited. So this is going to be a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. So we'll, we'll, we'll start off you tame. You may hear me gag. Right. <laughs> We'll start off tame and then we'll, we'll go back into the thing. But, uh, you know, one of the things that I was very, very excited about was the fact Jelly that... Jelly giblets. In the, well, this is it. The 50s and the 60s yeah. and 70s, at what they call aspic, 
was a big thing and that was like stuff in jello molds and I'm like yeah okay so we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Oh really? But, I'm yes. really, oh my God. I'm really yeah. excited about some So I'm really glad that those are Ass pick. That's what that was called. Because it, it was like a pick for your ass? No. I have no idea why they call it ass pick. I have no idea. Does it come from the intestines? Uh, well no not necessarily um, like it was it was anything that was safe. I wonder if it's because it resembles shit. Potentially, because that's what like you it's think, picking right? apples, right? Mm-hmm. Right, picking asses, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. yummy. Just pick it out and throw it right in there. Well, right. Oh god, that's, that's disgusting. He kind Ed, of is. You're being disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> and as we all know, disgusting is funny. So, like, we'll go with it. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. Know. So, one of the more mild, the milder ones is is the cake with uh, either a bean or a pea. Well, both a bean and a pea in it. And so, like, they would put a dry bean or a dry pea in the cake, and the woman that found the pea was the princess for the day, or was the royalty, and the guy that found the, you know, the bean was the king for the day, and, you know, that was kind of how that worked. That's fun. So that's fun. You know, we don't do that anymore, but it is an old tradition. It's, you know, from the, from English. Now, what if two women found it? Well, then I guess, I guess that would be, nowadays, I guess that would be, they would be royalty. Yeah. And that would be, that's just the way that it is. But yeah, yeah. So that you know, that so was... there's no expectation of sex. No, not really. <laughs> no, no. I mean, there there probably there's was no back in the day because well, I mean, I mean my, oh, my, yeah. my mind wasn't even going there. I'm thinking, oh, if I got the piece of the day, then people would wait on me, yeah, and exactly. I wouldn't have to work. Exactly. And Jason takes it straight to sex. Well, of course, you know, because that's, that's his, you know. <laughs> right, you know, so that's it. You're you know, Scorpio, that's... aren't you? Right. Um, um, cancer. <laughs> cancer. So, one of my favorite beverages is Dr. Pepper. And, oh. and Dr. Pepper had put out, again in the 50s and 60s, had put out a, a thing about, for your perfect holiday beverage, hot Dr. Pepper. Ew. That's what I'm saying. It's very like, like, cherry tasting. It is, but you know, you heat it up and the like all of the Ooh. like I like the carbonation for it. You know, if I'm gonna drink Dr. Pepper I want I don't like flat soda. You That's know, disgusting. In, in the southwest where I visited, they often refer to everything as Dr. Pepper. So, well, the actually the opposite. So like <laughs> if if they're like, let's go to the store and get a Coke. Right. Uh-huh. They go get a Dr. Pepper. Right. Like, oh. they, let's yeah. go to the store and get, you know, a, a soda or whatever. They get a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Like, for some reason in that part of the country, Dr. Pepper is like... Super popular. Well, it's like the soda. Right. Like, everybody has a Dr. Pepper. When you go into, like, a restaurant, uh-huh. they don't assume you want, like, a Coke. Like, they might hear, you know, uh-huh. just a regular cola or whatever. Right. right. They assume you want a Dr. Pepper. There's my wow. kind of people. Like, I, I There's, love like, Pepper, so. the fountain machines have more Dr. Pepper things than they do other things. Like, it's just, it's a huge thing there. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so now we get into the, the fun things. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm excited the, about right. this. Again, we'll, we'll go a little tame. So before we had chicken, turkey, and, you know, duck a lot of times it would be peacock meat that we would eat. Uh-huh. I've never had peacock meat. I don't know what it tastes like. I have no idea whatsoever. Everything tastes like chicken, right? Don't even start with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not everything tastes right? like chicken. If it flies, it tastes like chicken. Oh, my God. And if it walks, it tastes like what, cow? I mean, I don't yeah. know. No, often it will still taste like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's only the things with fingers and not the things with hooves. Right. So this is uh, dried white fish. Okay, so this is herring. Right. Right. So, but the dried white fish is this is long, long uh, favorite in Norway. You know the Norwegians, and uh, since the Viking days, like long. Oh, time. okay. So what they would do is they would take dried herring, dried codfish, and then they would drench it in lye. Right. Okay. What? To kind of start to break it down a little more. For several days, and then they would bake it, fry it, and soak it in mead, and then they would dry it again, and this is this was a delicacy. Wow. Lie? Yes, lie. Oh my god. Right? Yeah, but I mean, once they bake it and fry it, the lie's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> Are we sure? 
And then you soak it in mead, which, of course, is going to make it sickeningly sweet and weird. I mean, because I used... Yeah, I mean, I used to make soap, and you cook the lye out. It's like... Right. Rehydrated... But I don't eat the soap. Right. Rehydrated fish. Yeah. Kind of. But then Honestly, they that one doesn't sound so like that. That one's not too bad for you? you I, I may it? even be willing to taste that one. Okay. Really? I know. That's impressive, Jason. <laughs> That's like, you know, because you have like food issues. I know. Well, but I, I can see the evolution of that one. Okay. I can see how, you know, the, the fish would start off, you know, very, very hard and very dense. And then as they go through each step, it would get it would get lighter and more flavorful again. Yeah, I I I could bring myself to trying that. And now, how do they know that they've baked off all the lye? Back in those days, they didn't have those little test strips. Who the did they lick well, it? I think back in those days, <laughs> they, they threw it? people into volcanoes. Voluntarily, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> We're talking Vikings here, okay? This is I mean, true. like this is this is a thing. This is true. You know. Holy crap. Okay. So the Viking died from a meal. It was an honorable death. Right? right? Exactly. So apparently as Americans, we had this fascination with meat Christmas trees. Ew. What? Right. So cold cut trees were a thing. Again, in the 60s and 70s specifically, you know, you'd take a loaf of bread, you'd cut it off the bottom so it would sit there and then you would like take... Uh, toothpicks and you would put like rolled like up Christmas sandwiches like well no no you take just the the cold cuts and you'd like artistically fold them and then you you know put them oh, to the bread you it. never ate the bread right so that's oh a my thing. god yeah I don't I don't know about that a shrimp I don't like to play with my food right well that, you, you know, know what I mean like, right the, the fish was a process of preparation that was um, kind of okay but this is like playing with your food right which right. grosses me out uh, they had uh, I saw one of a tuna uh, a tu- like it was like tuna salad in the form of a Christmas tree with with um, parsley garland and tomatoes like for the little balls yeah, and so no. sort of, yeah you know do they have those sitting out for long oh, periods absolutely. of time absolutely so your bologna get pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. Don't play with the bologna. <laughs> right? Real grain. And then shrimp on the Christmas tree. And so they actually would sell these kits where they would be these long, tall things with a with like a wire uh, frame on it. And you'd put like pieces of ham and tomato and then like two like shrimp everywhere and you know and you'd make this thing and and yeah. Yeah. So. That's just weird. And How you know, long you, did that sit out on the counter? Oh, God knows. I mean, like, seriously, this is... This uh, is yeah. Yeah, as they're preparing, you know, the woman gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning right, and pulls right. that thing out and sets it on the counter right. while, while she bakes off a turkey and her right. eyes. Yes. Ew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there's no room in the fridge. Cause nice she's and got, warm, right? Well, yeah. a Christmas tree wouldn't fit in the freaking fridge. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, gosh. So now we're going to run, run back to the Norwegians again. Again. Okay. Sheep's head. Yes. I've heard, heard of this. Just a sheep's head. So, you know, the, the, the they're disgusting. <laughs> have you had it? Uh, no, but I've seen it right. multiple times. Oh, you've seen right. it? Yeah. I've never seen it. Well, yeah. it, it used to be a thing way back in the day. It has become a thing again, apparently. Like it has yeah, become no, tradition again. Yeah, I've heard that. I just, oh, I don't know. So let's talk about how they prepare it. Well, I, you know, I I don't really know. Like it, it was. I think they bake them. Yeah, they roasted it. From what I can, yeah. from what I could tell, is they roasted it. Yeah. And it, it first it was a poor man's meal, and then it was like it became much much more. You know, like uh, lobster. Like yeah, like lobster yeah, was a poor like, man's meal. Exactly. And it came yeah. over there, you know, um, and then and and now it's it's become a, a like a, not a poor man's meal, but an everyday meal yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be one of my everyday. So meals. you can you can go to the store, and I saw pictures of this. You can go to the store, and they've they've skinned the sheep head, right? <gasps> yeah. And and then you see they the, usually have the eyes, but they leave the eyeballs. Oh on. god! Right. Oh god! Right, exactly. No, I couldn't it's, do it's it. It's horrifying. Yeah, right. It's horrifying. I mean, but that's... they they rosemary is a big thing. They put rosemary on there and then they bake it up. Yeah. Uh, you want to try one from South Africa? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay, so an old South African tradition Roach pie. was to eat emperor moth caterpillars. Oh, yeah. Fried yeah. to a crisp oh, yeah. during the holidays. 
Fry. See, again, if you fry something up, it might be tasty. <laughs> I mean, you get a good batter on something and you fry it up. You no, I, kind of taste I the saw center. these. There's no batter. It's, it's they, just like a pan they're, fry, they're just right? They're pan fried oh. until they're crispy. Oh, oh yeah. 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 No, no, you I thought can, we're talking deep fry. No, no. You can tell I that mean, they were. You can make a lot of things taste good in a deep fry. Right, right. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, for me, I don't like things a lot of two times because of the texture. Right. I don't and know I know that inside those caterpillars, there's a lot of goo. Well, yeah. yeah. It's probably squishy. Yeah, and it's going to pop and ooze and stuff, and that's going to gross me right out. Right. So, Russia? If you don't want to eat Yeah, listen to this again. Um, <laughs> so this one's from Russia, but it's, it's one of the more extravagant-looking dishes, is what they said on it, but literally translated to herring under a fur coat. That's what the name says, right? What's the fur? So it's called that because it's made up of diced, pickled herring that's layered under diced potato, carrots, beets, onions, and then mayonnaise topped with boiled eggs. It's often fashioned in like a like a design, like they yeah. they, they do a design. Like a loafy type. Yeah. And it's it's served as, as as party food, but specifically in Russia. That is disgusting. Oh, I'm I'm sure it's delicious. <laughs> well wait a minute. Let's think about this. So I like fish. Pickled herring. Have you ever had pickled herring? No. It's pretty fishy fish. Yeah, the it's pickled like herring is fish. like... It's like a... It's like a sardine. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I love fish. Okay, fair enough. So, So like, I like mackerel. Yep. It's pretty strong. It's a pretty strong yeah, fish. Yeah, that is a pretty yeah. strong fishy fish. Um, so, it's fish, but it's pickled. Yeah. Never had pickled fish. That's what I was like. That's what I was asking. You know, pickled fish. I'm like, I'm thinking like... That would like something pickled. Yeah. Strong, strong, pickly... Vinegar. Right. Strong fish with a strong Fishy pickle. vinegar. And then it's got what? Potatoes, carrots, onions? And beets. And beets. So you get some sweet in there with the vinegar. All right. And then there's and mayonnaise the on top of it. Mayonnaise used to be like this huge thing. We're going to find out in a few minutes. But mayonnaise and then, and then hard-boiled eggs on top of that. Interesting. Yeah, no. It's like a seven-layer dip that I don't want to eat. Yeah, I might try that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to try the one that Jason said he was soaked. Right, yeah, the dried, the dried white fish. When you said they soaked it in lye, I don't know. It was just something about that. Bake it off or not? I'm right. just okay. So now we have the aspects, which are my personal disfavorite. I do not like them at all. I've never liked them, but I remember having them. Like, I don't even like fruit in my jello, you know? I'm not really a big person with that, yeah, no. you know? Jello meats and... But when I was really young, you know, it was the early 80s, and my grandmother would make these things. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, not so much. So the, the ones that I've got here are vegetable and tuna in gelatin. That sounds horrible. Horrid really popular. Well, so so these this was really popular in the 1960s and 70s. But here's the thing: like this will goes way way back because you know what gelatin is, right? Yeah, it's yeah. horse hooves. It's, stuff, well, they yeah. use horse hooves, but they it's bones. Yeah, so you it's, know. it's a thickener. It's the thing that you use to thicken. Things. Right. So what they would do way back in the day, like in medieval times, is they would harvest this gelatin and then they would they would make these beautiful rings and it was like this really big deal in you know in in medieval courts and whatnot it was it was a very high-end food and so then the 60s we got these non-flavored and flavored gelatins right and we think that jello right now is like being sweet but it's not always sometimes it's it's just plain flavored and it takes on the flavor of everything else sort of so, like tofu it's sort of like tofu so nothing like tofu right yes yeah. <laughs> I love tofu. Right. This I, is more like uh, freezed in time water. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so there's that, and then the other one that came up on semi regularly was jellied confetti chicken. So, you, Ooh, right, jellied. Right. Anytime you say jellied, that grosses so me out. 1950s. Uh, the dish was a mix of some vegeta vegetables, vegetables, <laughs> mayo chicken lemon juice with gelatin then topped with a heavy cream to make it look like snow oh yeah like a just a just a like a yeah so yeah. then you would cut it off and it would be like this gloop this blob of like yeah liquid yeah well i mean liquid on top of this this 
Do you gelatin put the thing? gelatin on after you put the cream on? Well, you yeah no you mix you mix it all you mix all those first ingredients in with the gelatin. And you oh, let it jelly. I was imagining like layers. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. And then they would make it into a mold, usually like a dead bird. That's why I was yeah. like, cream didn't make sense because I imagined like just a layer of cream. Oh yeah, yeah. and it soaked you know down into I mean? everything. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, that was. Uh... See, that sounds like that texture would send me. Oh yeah, yeah. The texture. The... When you talk about meats in yeah. jelly form, I get really grossed out. Right. Yeah. So, have any of you had turducken? Because like this was a thing for a long Turduncan. time. Turducken. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. the, with the with the. No, I thought that was yes. the most asinine thing I've ever heard. It's old. I have How been much foul to a made? party where there was a turducken. Oh my god! I personally did not eat the turducken, but yeah. I've seen one. Right, so you've seen it. You've never eaten it. Stuff a bird inside a bird, right? Well, inside a bird. Yeah, right, inside, inside a, bird. a bird. So, well, I almost ate it. <laughs> I almost. <laughs> the look on your face right now, Jason. Yeah, contemplate that. Yeah, because I, I mean, I did almost eat it. It, it looked edible. Right. Well, I mean, it my is issue with it was how it was prepared. Mm-hmm. Because they cut it like loaves of bread. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because you deboned it all. I was not. I was I would, not oh, I didn't realize it was all deboned. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. it's all deboned. Because I'm, de-boned. I'm picturing you trying to cream <laughs> one bird. No. And I, oh, no, geez. It's all, okay. They're all deboned. Oh yeah. god. Deboned. And in some cases, people actually cut them, so that it's not like it's it's more, um, like. Logs of meat sort of inside the turkey, right? Right, okay. yeah. Versus like the what you would think of. Yeah. Okay. But traditionally, yeah, it would be to debone it, and then you literally just shove them inside of each other until you're done. Yeah. I I can see why they cook it that way. It's so that all those flavors and all those juices, the right. fats, like you were saying, yeah. meld together to make this flavorful, these yeah. flavorful meats. Yeah. Okay, so one last one. Yeah, something really gross. Yeah. Give us the nastiest this, one. This I had. have saved. Uh, the jelly, the jelly <laughs> meat was good for me. I I saved this one for last specifically, right? So, uh, I've got to read this one because this is so. This is a dish from Greenland. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're back up in the the. Nordic yeah. circle. And it's called Kvek. Kvek? Kvek. Let that's... me guess. Hold on, I want to guess. Okay. I bet it has something to do with sheep. No. No. Okay. But it dates all the way back to some of the very first men to roam the earth. So this is a really, really old traditional thing. Go? And... Nope. It is made with hundreds of little birds preserved. <gasps> Oh. And stuffed into a hollowed out seal. That sounds horrifying. Oh my gosh, it does. How do they preserve these little birds? Through drying, smoking, so on and so forth. Okay. But the bone and all, right? Sounds like Just a little bird. like sparrow no. pie, though. I right. Mean, it's yeah, like... It's, it's like a sparrow. It would be like sparrow pie. Yeah, no, 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 not yeah, bones at all. Like, okay. Like. You take less than a chicken nugget size worth of meat from three or four hundred little yeah. birds. Right. I know, that just seems so wasteful to me. Kill all those little birds for a niblet. Well, kill all those little birds to then stuff them inside of a seal. Which you yeah. Which is a large animal. Yeah, right? which you've hollowed out. And then cook it? Yeah. It would be like Oceany pork, uh, some sort of really, really tough chicken. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it survived. Like, that tradition survived in, in Europe, like, for a long time. Like, a long time. Like, within the last hundred years, they've still served it. I'm sure there's still people that serve it. I don't know so why. From what I understand, <clears throat> seal has, like, a, like, almost like a goat taste to it. Does it? It has, like, a really, really. Um, kind of greasy, like bear, light. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah bear, go. Yeah, that greasy, light meat that isn't. You know, it's not real tough, except you'd add the fishiness to it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm. So, uh, 
who's coming over for dinner? <laughs> well, me if you make that last dish, right? No, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. skip the last dish. Skip the last dish, okay. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling, T-H-R-O-U, two. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.